Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. All right, you want an honest conversation from a Red Sox player? Here you go, Rick Porcello. He's the guy to give it to you. Brad Foe's show, he makes the first appearance since the Twin Peaks podcast in spring training. You always look forward to that, and you're going to want to look forward to this one. It's a good appearance by Rick Porcello. Also, go to iTunes, subscribe, and review. Let me repeat that. Subscribe and review Brad Foe's show. We're red hot. We're doing things. We're continuing to roll out the quality content that you want. This is the latest example. Rick Porcello. Enjoy. Because we're just kicking back, talking, talking some sports, talking some ball, we default back to spring training where we just sit around and have one of the best guests of the podcast, which is Rick Porcello. So Rick, Rick has swung on by. Rick, how are you? Doing good. Well, you just wake up. What's going on? What's happening? Been a long year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, you should. I mean, after last night, it's one of these things where you can't sleep at night. I mean, you're probably so excited. It's here we go. The crunch, crunch time, stretch drive. I'm pitching well. I feel good about myself. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, (laughs) that's it. All right, well, first of all, Rick, Rick Porcello of the Boston Red Sox is joining us. Uh, I'm Rob Bradford, and Rick, first, thanks for coming down. Appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to see your smiling face. <laughs> congratulations on last night. Thank you. And congratulations on 2,000 innings. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and uh, thanks for having me on. Oh, see, now we're getting, now we're going, now we're getting the vibe back. You haven't asked me a question yet. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you going here. I felt like I don't want to take take your thunder away. This, no, is, your, this is your podcast. No, no. Listen, listen. You you show. have already defined because we have audio of it somewhere in the archives of you saying. I believe it was winter weekend that I am the best interviewer. I have the best podcast, correct? Yeah, I got the twenty dollar bill that you gave I, me to say that. Are too. you standing by that? No. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. Two thousand innings, Rick. Two thousand innings. So you knew that was coming. First of all, I, I'm sure you're not counting down the innings, but you probably knew it was coming, right? Uh, yeah, I knew I was getting relatively close. Mm. But you, so when that inning comes around, you're not like, hey, why are you throwing this baseball at me in the dugout? Yeah, no, I, I had no idea. They were screaming at me, and I had thrown out like four or five balls before that. Joe West was behind the plate, and every time there's a ball put in play, it makes you throw it out. So <laughs> I threw out four or five balls. I think I got like four or five outs consecutively, and I thought they were just being superstitious and wanted me to throw that one out <laughs> to, to try and keep it rolling as best we could. But, yeah, no, I didn't uh, – 
I didn't pick up on it immediately. What do you do with it? What do you end up doing with it? Uh, Tommy got it authenticated and gave oh, it to oh, me. Oh, there you so. go. Because we didn't, yeah, we so. didn't believe it was real. It's like authenticated. <laughs> I mean, like, okay, yeah, this is the 2010 in ball. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the other day, the other day uh, Tom Brady was on with us. You ever heard of Tom Brady? Yeah. Tom yeah. Brady, the quarterback? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm glad because I, glad, so. I didn't want to throw a name out there that you didn't know. Yeah. He was on the, our morning show, the Greg Hill Show. And they said, uh, of all the passes, what was your favorite pass? What was the pass that you remember? So uh, because uh, we are a symbiotic at this radio station, give me your three favorite innings of the 2000. <laughs> mm. Give me one favorite inning of the 2000. Give me one. And it cannot be, uh, it can't be like the World Series. Yeah. Give me one favorite inning of the 2000. Mm. 2016. Uh I had an inning in Tampa. I think I had the bases loaded, nobody out. And I remember getting out of that inning. Uh, had a couple punch outs and a pop up. And it was just, <clears throat> we had scored, and, and Tampa was, they had scored a couple off me earlier, and they were threatening to come back. And um, I was able to get three outs. And I remember just literally just pumping myself up to basically throw the ball as hard as I could and it was one of the first times and only times in my career where I like overmatched hitters by blowing it by them and it was just kind of one of those things where it was more will than anything else and uh that was just an inning that I liked and you know ended up winning the game but uh that was one of them. Sorry for for being so boring. <laughs> no, it's John. not. It's actually I was going to compliment you, and yeah. and I'm not I'm not one to compliment lightly. I mean, it's 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 to pluck an inning like that out of to get that question it would have been very easy for you to say, eh, you know, like when I struck out in the postseason last year, you know, whatever. But that was that's pretty good. Yeah. That's like that's Brady esque. I don't even remember what Brady's answer was, but it was along those lines. It was you know hitting Gronk down the seam of game you know eight of the two thousand four season or something like that. Yeah. So that was a pretty good one. Yeah, that and then uh, two innings. One of which I didn't complete. My, the first time I ever went back out for the ninth was against uh, the White Sox. And I <clears throat> pitched for Jim Leland, and I was young. I, I was on a pretty strict pitch count, so very rarely did he let me throw 105, 110 pitches or extend me in a game. Um, and that was that one opportunity where he let me go back out there for the ninth. And I <laughs> just remember thinking in my head, like, let's go. Don't screw this up. Prove to him that you can do it. And the crowd, it was like a standing ovation while I'm throwing my warm-up pitches, and I just got so fired up and completely out of my game plan. I gave up three hits in a row or two hits in a row, and I was gone. I didn't record it out, but it was it was that experience of going out there for the first time and, and feeling that kind of energy that late in a ball game that I'd never experienced before. And then the next time I faced uh, Chicago in Chicago, I ended up throwing a complete game, or it was – what, I don't know if it was the exact next start, but it was you know one of those games after that against the same team, and uh, went out there and got it done. And that was probably my you know third favorite inning was being able to you know respond to what I had felt the time before in that situation, and then overcome it and kind of get over that hurdle to to finally finish a ball game. All right, now we've gotten three. I need 1,997 more, okay? Uh, by the way, Justin Long, the expert media relations man, just passed me this. Rick is one of four active pitchers to reach 2,000 innings at the age of 30 or younger. Can you name the other three, Rick? John Lester. Wrong. Okay. 
So, Why don't so you just tell Kershaw, me Kershaw, <laughs> Sabathia, for, uh, Felix Hernandez. Right. So there you go. That's a pretty good list. Congratulations. Yeah, that's a great list. Thank and I'll you. tell you what, none of them have been on the Bradfoe show, so you got that going for you exactly. as well. Well, so what is the inning to, to, to spin it to this year? We talk about the innings that you threw this year, and we've talked all up and down about the adjustments that you made, and you've talked about it yourself, about it's been, it's been a difficult year because it's been a roller coaster trying to figure things out. Give me the inning. That, or the time that you remember saying, that's it. Like, that is, that. I feel like that is it. And I understand it's hard sometimes. You can find it, and then it leaves the next inning. But do you remember this time where you actually felt that way? Yeah, I, I felt that way uh, early on in the season. I had a start against Oakland, and everything I was throwing was working. I had good two-seamer, good slider going. And pretty much from the first inning on, I threw a front door uh, cutter to Matt Chapman, punched him out, and that pitch clicked. And it was like, you know, from that inning on, I, I had it going that game and, and knew I had it going and, and was able to, to keep that flowing. But, you know, a lot of these games, you <clears throat> like you said, it, it, it feel good for, for a couple of couple of innings and then you get a little bit out of whack. And, and there's so many aggressive hitters, so many guys that have the ability to do damage now when you get when you get out of whack a little bit and you leave a couple pitches over the middle of the plate, you pay for it with interest. And um, so, you know, it's been, a, it's been a tough year. I've, I've stunk flat out, just haven't been able to get it done. But in each and every one of those games, I've felt good at times, and then it, and it leaves you. And that's kind of what makes it so frustrating and, and really difficult to, to get on the right track because there's, there's nothing wrong with me physically. It's just about being able to be consistent and get out of those situations when you're in them. So you you have cited a lot of times where you know in your career you've had to figure things out and you go back a couple of years ago before your Cy Young year you had a rough year and, and you were at the end of the year you were able to figure things out and sort of get going again compare that to this because you had mentioned the way that baseball is right now and the approaches so not only do you have to figure out sort of what you're doing and your mechanics and everything else but while you're figuring this out. Baseball has changed. Like hitters has cha- have changed. Yeah, and that that might, is that a dynamic that's different this time around compared to any other time in your career where you've had to adjust. Uh, no, because <clears throat> each time it's it's been, you know, pretty much the same thing. It's been, you know, whether it's a mechanical issue where you're out of whack or the hitters are adjusting and their approach is changing. You know, in 2015, I struggled with the balance of throwing my two-seamer and my four-seamer and finding the right times to, to use both of them. And I would get too four-seam happy or I would use too much of the, the two-seamer and, you know, get exposed or, they, you know, one pitch wasn't sharp and the other one was working or whatever it was. Uh, just lacked the consistency and the the knowledge basically of when to use them and how to use them because the hitters had evolved and there's a lot of guys that were starting with the up uphill swings and hitting the ball down well um <clears throat> and it took me a while to learn how to be able to use that combination the very next year I kind of figured it out and used it to my advantage and this is similar you know this is the approach of hitters are a little bit different they're trying to score off you they're trying to score off you from the first batter of the game you know some of the best lineups you've seen you've got guys that are home run hitters George Springer even LeMay, who's got a bunch for the Yankees. So <clears throat> these guys are trying to do damage from the first pitch on. And, and that's where, you know, I think I've failed at times to, to understand that throughout the entire game, how aggressive they're trying to be and be able to 
counter that with effective pitches, whether it's fastballs, you know, placed outside the strike zone or breaking balls or, you know, guys are they're trying to get off on the fastball early. So execute good quality off-speed stuff early in the count, and you should be okay. And that's the part where I've either failed to execute them or um, I've been too fastball-heavy trying to get ahead and attack guys and have paid for it. So to me, it's it's the same. The game is always evolving. It's always changing, and you have to c- constantly make adjustments and, and change with it if you want to survive. And that's something that I got to do, and I know I have to do it. And you know, this this season is a huge wake-up call to to the fact that I need to to rethink how I'm attacking hitters and, and where I'm putting the baseball and, and make some adjustments on that. Even more of a wake-up call than even you realize at the beginning of the year. Like, it, it has the wake-up call well, it's, it's louder, been, louder and louder as the year's gone on? I don't know if you've been on. watching all year, but it's been pretty much a grind the entire season. Oh, <laughs> but, I mean, but... No, you know, early on, I didn't, I didn't feel great physically, and I was struggling to, to command the ball, and that was the focus, and that was the issue. Now it's, you know, I'm commanding the ball, I'm throwing strikes, and I'm, I'm, I can put it where I want to now, but it's, you know, for the most part, I can put it where I want to, but... It's it's uh, using the right mix and attacking hitters the right way. You know, a lot of good fastball hitters, a lot of guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, and understanding, you know, attacking guys now maybe not isn't doesn't mean attack with the fastball. It means attack with all of your stuff and use you know a bigger pitch mix. I mean, I, I went from being a eighty something percent fastball guy the first you know six years of my career to now I'm looking at. You know, almost throwing 35, 40 percent fastballs. It's it's a huge adjustment to what you've been trained to do your entire career, and and it's uh, it's definitely taken me a lot longer to to figure out than I would like, and that part of it really really sucks. But uh, it's where you are, and and you got to learn from it. Well, you said that you weren't feeling right physically at the beginning of the year, and I don't want you to violate any HIPAA laws or anything like that. But it was it something where. You know, when you aren't feeling right, whatever it was, and you're trying to, the team starts off slow, and you are in a contract here, and all of it, I mean, is that, are you trying to over-adjust thing? Am I thinking too much through this, or? Uh, no, I, you know, I, I think the problem was not adjusting properly and not adjusting enough. Mm. Um, so I don't think it was an over-adjustment. I, I think I've failed to make the right adjustments and, and enough of them. When did the physical thing go away? When did you, feel, oh, just, let me, when you, did know, you physically feel better, I guess, is a way to phrase that. Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks into the season, it started, started to come around. And it wasn't anything where it was like structural problems or whatever. It was just, you know, <laughs> pitched a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the ebbs and flows that you go through as a starting pitcher, especially somebody, you know, you try and take the ball every fifth day and, and don't, don't go on the IL. Don't take those those weeks off. You're going to have some physical ups and downs where you're just not feeling great sometimes, and then other times you're feeling amazing. So that's that's all that was, and um, you know you just got to work through it. But that's the thing is that that was a big conversation begin the year. Of you guys had pitched a ton. You had pitched a ton throughout your career, but you pitched a ton the previous year. The approach in spring training, and then when the starters get off to a, a slow start, it's like aren't were they doing it the right way? But you could even even with the I guess the slow ramp up to the season, you could still feel it from the previous year, having pitched that deep in the season. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. There's definitely that effect. Um, 
you know, you don't you don't necessarily carry it around with you when you're walking every day, but when you get out there and you get into the game, there's there was a little bit there, but uh, you know, <laughs> plenty of guys have have been able to bounce back from from World Series and still you know be very effective from first pitch of the season all the way through. You know, you look at the guys from the Astros, the guys from the Dodgers. Those guys have been pitching deep into the, deep into the playoffs for a couple of years now, and they keep on rolling. So it's no excuse. Um, but everyone's different. I mean, this is I don't yeah. know. I'm not no, I'm no just, scientist, but I know everyone's different. Yeah, <laughs> you know, everyone is, and. Um, it's another adjustment that you got to learn how to deal with. You pitch that deep into the year, you got to figure out a way to get yourself ready to go from from day one on, and and not, uh, you know, I don't want to say give away starts or anything like that, but be as sharp as you can from from the get go. Would you guys have done it? Well, would you have done anything different amping up to this season or even the off season, having gone through it? Because you had never gone through a World Series run before. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that that's something that probably kind of sit down and look at it at the end of the season and, and figure out what you know it could do differently or improve I mean I think for me it's it was more you know understanding like mentally getting back into that that battle and and right back into the middle of the fire um, it's not that there's a lack of you know, competitiveness or things like that, but it's just how locked in and how zoned in you have to be at the big league level in competition to get major league hitters out consistently. Um, I think maybe I could have been better at that earlier on. I don't. I don't know. You know, again, it's it's hard to compl- entirely put your finger on why. You know, I wasn't throwing the ball well early and and have struggled this entire year. I know that there's adjustments I got to make and I'm constantly looking at areas to to improve upon um so i don't know we'll have to figure it out uh, after you win another world series that's there right you go uh but rick porcello and before you go i do want to in the great game of baseball he would mention some of the changes and i remember having a conversation with you about you know it was just like you know hey everyone wants to shave nine minutes off here do this or do that and i think one of the things that you had said was listen either you kind of like baseball i'm not putting words in your mouth but i'm paraphrasing either you like baseball or you don't right yeah. Yeah. And and so much of this year, we've heard, I think, more than ever of you have to do this to baseball. You have to do that for baseball. From your perspective, like what has to be done, if anything, and what, what has to be prioritized if you if you are going to change anything? Or maybe you think that it doesn't like you said, either you like it or you don't. Yeah, I, I think that that's a lot of it. Honestly, I think it's it's a you know, it, it's, a, it's a great game, but it's not for everyone. And you can appeal to as many people as you want, and you can lead them to the water, but you can't make them drink. And um, you know, for me, I, I I just I hope that we stay away from touching the game as far as the the fabric of the game is concerned, and and things like that, because it's it's an imperfect game to begin with. And when you try and make it perfect, then you start to see problems. And uh, you know, I. <laughs> I don't know that there's a whole lot that really needs to be changed. I think uh, baseball goes through cycles just like every other sport. And, you know, at times you see dominant pitching for a couple of years on end, and then at times you see dominant hitting or you see dominant base running or, you know, things like that. So it's just uh, it's a constant cycle. Um, I certainly do hope that we do figure something out with starting pitching, and, and um, it's a huge part of the game. It's a great part of the game, and, uh, you know, need to find a way to be able to, get guys to 
to stay healthy and go deep into ball games because that's that helps with what we're talking about. If we're talking about pace, then not changing seven, eight pitchers in a game is, is a huge part of that. You know how many position players have pitched this year? <laughs> I don't know, but I've seen a lot of them do pretty well. I think Fif- I'm going to start no, throwing no, 55 no, well, miles an that's, hour. That is, <laughs> listen, as, as someone who throws a 55-mile-an-hour straight ball, I can tell you it doesn't work in the major leagues and not in the media game either. But it's uh, 51 position players. Yeah. Ten years ago, it was nine. Yeah. Nine. That's nuts. I mean, yeah. but that speaks to, like, how many relievers are being carted out there and – and yeah, so anyway, yeah. Um, so I know that you got to get going, and uh, and I'm hoping I'm hoping that um, that you uh, make a a, a four straight appearance in the Twin Peaks uh, podcast <laughs> next spring. I appreciate spring. it. I'm hoping that as well. Okay, what's what's your what, what you optimistic about that? <laughs> I have no idea, have no- man. I'm just trying to figure out when I'm pitching again and go out there and try and win. <laughs> well, if nothing else, if nothing else, there's free chicken wings and beer in line for you. And as you uh, know, having done the podcast a few times, the we always finish it off with every interview with you have to ask me a question. Yeah. Um, and 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 so far, yeah. Well, so so I guess ahead. you know because we're kind of on that topic, and give me your shortest uh, opinion on what you think. You know, if anything needs to to go down with you baseball. aren't gonna like you aren't gonna like what I say. Yeah, well, I, I like the, I want the pitch clock. I want the pitch clock. And look at you're like I don't I don't care I don't care about the pitch clock. A lot of other guys do. Yeah. Um, I like working quick. I think it's an advantage for me. I think it's an advantage for position players behind us. You know, they're not sitting back on on their heels because guys taking forty five seconds in between pitches. But, you know, you talk to guys that are closing ball games out or high-leverage situations, and, you know, one, they don't want to be penalized because they take an extra two seconds to walk around the mound and think about, you know, where they're going to execute the next pitch. And two, those are the biggest points in the game, and you want them to hurry up and throw the ball within 10 seconds. That's, you know, that's kind of depleting. Could you do it up until, like, the sixth inning, maybe, or something? Yeah, you could, but it's not going to change that much I'm try- I'm, you know I'm if you t- if you talk at the, the pitch clock and and collectively add up all the seconds you're going to save how many minutes does that I'm come talking, up to no i'm talking about the pace of the game i'm not yeah. and i hear you well, like i'm always been like shaving nine minutes off i don't care about that i don't see any problem with them opening up the strike zone so there's less foul balls well that's you another know? thing i mean the zone is uh it, it's get it on the plate you know there's not a whole lot to to the edges and, and things like that and on any given night it can it can change. So yeah, there are some, like even some of the rules they've tried implementing. Like they're fraudulent because I was watching when the Angels came in and they have the mound visit clock, and the mound visit clock runs out, and then the umpire walks out, and then he stands there for another ten seconds. Yeah, it's like what are we doing here? What's going on? It's the process, Bradfoe. You either like it or you don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, part of the process is is to have you on at least twice a year. So uh, <laughs> I, appreciate I, pre- I appreciate it, Rick. And once again, congratulations on the milestone. It was, it was a pretty cool thing, and, and congratulations on the last night. And, uh, and uh, we'll see you on November 2nd. All right. All right. Sounds good. Thanks there for having go. me. All right. That's Rick Porcello here in Bradford. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.